This podcast may contain paid advertisements, but more on that later. Welcome to the O'Connor Bootstrap Podcast, where I discuss the nuts and bolts of business and leadership, with a focus on bootstrapping a business from the ground up. This podcast is for all entrepreneurs, bootstrappers, and leaders in all walks of life. My goal is to help you grow both personally and professionally. I am your host, Isaiah O'Connor. Hello, everyone. Isaiah here. Um, not much uh, in the way of introduction today, so let's just get into it. So today I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story to start. So back in around 2000, there was... It was dark and stormy night, <laughs> as Snoopy loves to start with. So in March of 2000, it was a dark and stormy night, and a lightning bolt struck a building. Happens. Now, this building caught on fire, and the fire was put out, but it damaged a lot of what was inside the building. And what was inside that building? It was a factory producing chips for phones. Now, this was obviously kind of a bad deal because they it destroyed a lot of chips. Now, problem was, the phone manufacturers, there's two phone manufacturers that relied on these chips. And the way these two phone manufacturers handled this little bit of a supply chain problem wound up with one becoming an incredibly successful, well-known phone company, and the other one going under being bought up by another company and fading into obscurity. All from a lightning bolt, starting a little fire, that damaged some product in the factory. So let's dig into what happened. Now, the reason I'm talking about this right now, this supply chain issue, is because if you've been paying any attention at all, they've been having some pretty massive problems with supply chains. I mean, let's go take a look. And ironically, one of the big things in the supply chain has been chip shortages. Chip shortages have been a problem. Let's go take a look here. Let's come over here for my audio viewers. We're going to jump over and take a quick look at a search here. Take a look. Okay. Here we go. Supply chain problems 2021. And there's article after article after article after article about these massive supply chain issues. The pandemic messed it up. There's so many ships sitting on the target, on the on the sitting outside of ports, not unloading the cargo. It's a huge mess. Um, I honestly don't understand all the reason for the supply chain issues. There's been worker shortages. There's been problems with COVID. I mean, it's been a mess. It's been a real mess. Now, over here, a little subscription I get called Morning Brew. One of their articles was... Um, I had it up and it disappeared. Where'd it go?
Their article today was Supply Chains Take a Laxative. Wonderful title. <laughs> but in this article, they're saying that it's, um, if you look, the article reads, sorry for the headline, but it's honestly the best way to describe what's happening right now, which is that slowly but surely, the supply chain bottlenecks that have plagued the global economy for over a year appear to be easing, or at least have been circumvented. The article goes in how things are starting to get up in business and inventory is being picking up and we shouldn't have any problems shopping for Christmas and the holidays. So that's a good thing. So let's go over back over here. So over here is what I talked about that in May on March 17th, a small fire hit the plant owned by Phillips and it damaged some of the chips. A matter of fact, it damaged almost that single plant's entire stock of chips. Millions of chips. Now, there was two major phone companies, Nokia and Ericsson, that were both needing those chips really, really badly. So, their approaches to this varied, and the way, it, the way they, they handled it meant who survived and who didn't. So, Nokia reading from the article here, acted swiftly and moved to tie up square, uh, spare capacity at other Phillips plants and every other supplier they could find. They even re-engineered some of their phones so they could take chips from other Japanese and American suppliers. Ericsson, meanwhile, had accepted early assurances that the fire was unlikely, unlikely to cause a big problem and settled down to wait it out. When they realized their mistake, it was too late. Since Ericsson, a few years earlier, had decided to buy key components from a single source to simplify its supply chain, Ericsson now had to face a bitter realization that it had no other source of supply. Nokia had already taken it all. Single sourcing may have its benefits, but it has its cost. And I'll talk about that a little bit. Ericsson lost many months of production and hence many sales in a booming market that could now be dominated by Nokia. Bummer. Eventually, Ericsson merged with Sony in order to survive, and eventually it too had to switch back to Nokia. So that's just a highlight, and it goes into details on this article, which is at husdal.com, and it's an article about what happened. You can look that up on Google. So What's so important about supply chain? Well, let me go here. I'm going to show. This is a pretty obvious example of if you have one source of supplier. Now, the supply chain is actually not just about supply chain. It's actually part of Porter's five competitive forces, which is another subject that I've talked about before in the actual audio podcast, which I will go into on a later date. Um. I actually did, by the way, that's one thing I forgot to mention, I am going to continue with the required secondary powers a little bit later, but the supply chain is a big deal right now, so I'm going to talk about it right now. So if you go over here, now if you can see this, hopefully you can see it, Porter's five competitive forces, there's a picture here. And this picture shows these five forces, threats to new entrants, threats to substitutes, power suppliers, power buyers, 
and that can and that contains a competitive rivalry. So, when it comes to supply chain, depending on the power you have, the if you have a sole supplier, they have more power over you than a person that has multiple suppliers. And then if your buyers have a huge selection of suppliers, they have more power over you than if you're their sole supplier. That's how that works. So let me give you an example. Um, Nokia and Ericsson was a great example. They had a single supplier for chips. Or, sorry, Ericsson had a single supplier for chips, and when that supplier had problems, they had problems. Also, while it was easier for the supply chain to, to sort out with one supplier, problem was that supplier could charge anything they wanted. And Ericsson had no other choice except to say, sure, because they only had one supplier for that product. The supplier had a lot of power over them. Whereas Nokia, they had multiple suppliers. They could shift, they could pivot, they could go other places. So that weakened their supplier. So example, your average house contractor can walk into a Home Depot or Lowe's or any other type of building supply house and buy lumber. His supplier, his supply chain is pretty open. He can go anywhere he wants to buy whatever he wants. They can go and shop the best sell, what's going on, back and forth. In the supply chain, his suppliers have no power over him. So that's one thing. Now, even if you have a lot of power, over your supply chain, your buyers might have power too, because that same contractor is now also in the problem of his buyers, his customers, have a lot of contractors to pick from. So they have a lot of power over him. So all this involves part of what becomes a competitive cycle. Okay, let's stop the share. So if, for those audio, I would pick Put a picture of the Porter's Five Forces supply chain circle image that I was looking at. So, when it comes to your supply chain, it's good to make sure that you have it set up so that you are not completely reliant on one person. Sure, there's some advantages of streamlining and stuff, but in my opinion, having only one supplier for the most important stuff you need can really hurt you. And this current supply chain crisis has made that painfully clear. I know a lot of people in my industry that only get balloons from one person, one place. I understand why. There is a part of it is if you join this balloon company called Pioneer, if you become a certified balloon artist through this company, part of their agreement is you will primarily feature their balloons in your artwork because they gave you the training, they support you. That's another story altogether. However, they don't say you can't use other people's balloons. You can. And even then, I was finding other suppliers of that balloon, other distributors that I could lean back on in case my primary distributor could not provide balloons for me for a variety of reasons. Matter of fact, for a couple of years, in the middle of the summer, everyone here in Norway goes on vacation, and when the balloon distributor went on vacation, he it was just him and his wife working the distribution center, so he had no employees at the time. So if he wanted to take a vacation, he'd have to say, hey guys, buy your balloons now, we're going to be closed for the next two weeks, 
And then during two weeks, you couldn't buy any balloons. They were gone. So I knew this type of thing would happen, and I knew this guy needed a vacation from time to time, so I set up alternative sources for the same balloons from other locations as a backup plant. And now I've gotten a backup on top of a backup on top of a backup. I have multiple different sources I have for balloons. I can get multiple colors, and this has helped me huge right now. Because funny enough, for some odd reason, white balloons are nearly impossible to get right now. The supply chain issues has caused white balloons, one of the most common balloon colors, to be nearly impossible to get a hold of. And yet I've managed through going through different sources, finding different people, working my supply chain to find white balloons. And now I have a little bit of a stockpile of white balloons that I can provide to my customers. No stress, which is really amazing because almost everyone else is really struggling. I can't find white balloons. How can you get white balloons? Anyone have white balloons? Anyone? Everyone sold out of white balloons. I've even gone to a party store and they don't even have white balloons. It's nearly impossible to find white balloons right now. But because I have a diversified supply chain, I managed to reach out to different people and get in the stock I need on balloons are nearly impossible to get a hold of because I spread out. Meanwhile, in I was in this little, I'm still in, in this group of balloon artists in my, in where I live, and multiple of these guys were complaining, oh no, uh, I can't get balloons, this guy's on vacation, this guy's sick. Sometimes they'd need to order, and the guy would be homesick, nothing to do about it, can't do the order. Always complaining, well, I can't get my balloons, I had to de- turn down a client, I had to turn down this client, I was able, wasn't able to complete this job. And they blamed this guy who needed a vacation, who needed sick days because he didn't have enough to hire somebody, didn't have enough income. So they blamed him for them not being able to get the balloons they needed. Now, I grant, granted, I understand that it's frustrating not to be able to get a hold of the supplies you need to make your business work. That's really frustrating. It's really hard. It scares you, and it's really hard to deal with customers that way. I understand that completely. But instead of supplying on one person, Everything, all your eggs in one basket, as it were. Not a good idea to just have one person, one supplier. So you got to spread around because I never had those problems. I always had a backup. Of course, I grew up as a computer guy, as a computer nerd. My initial degree was in computer science. And you always back up everything. (laughs) If you're a computer guy, you make a backup. And just in case something fails, you make a backup of that backup. And then maybe you make a backup of the backup of the backup. And maybe one more backup just in case. You back up everything. You always back up everything. So with this in mind, I've always gone into it with before I even had a clue about supply chains. Always had a backup plan on top of a backup plan on top of a backup plan. It's, you know, I'm almost like, if you've ever watched the show Leverage, almost like the main guy, Nate, and he had a plan A, plan B, plan C, all the way through to plan Z. He had at least 26 plans because he knew the first few plans weren't working. So he had a backup plan and a backup plan on top of a backup plan on top of a backup plan and Hardison dies in plan G. If you've seen the, the show, you'll know what I'm talking about. Just an inside joke. Anyway, so what happens to your business if you're sitting there and your ship gets stuck in port and doesn't show up? What do you do? Do you have a backup plan? Do you have an alternative plan? Can you uh, pivot and try to sell your customer something else? One of the things I've been doing is They've been wanting helium balloons. I haven't had helium because I haven't had money to buy it. Not supply chain, just 
price issues. I couldn't get balloons in, uh, helium in. So what do I do? I pivot and I go, well, if not that, how about this design, which looks amazing, doesn't require helium, and is it within your price range? And nine times out of ten, they go, oh, wow, that's amazing. Sure, let's do that instead. So you can always, even if you run into problems, because some of these problems are long, they're protracted, your backup and your backup and your backup and your backup's backup are all out of the supplies because worldwide pandemic. Yeah, I understand. Sometimes you just can't get the stuff you need. So what do you do? You have to pivot. You have to change focus. You have to shift. You have to try to find a different solution for your customer as best as you can. Uh, sure, some of the things out there are very, very hyper-specific, and you absolutely have to have a certain product to make it work. Yeah, I understand that that can be difficult. But for, in general, as a small business owner, you always try to come up with a solution to supply chain issues before they become an issues. That way, you can cruise through, even through tough times, because you've got a plan and you're prepared for it. So. With the current focus on supply chain issues, with things getting messed up, I understand it's hard. This is not a fun time. It's crazy. It's chaotic. Understand. But if you push through and if you have a plan and if you make sure that if you're starting up, make sure you have multiple ways to get a hold of what you need to provide your product at the quality you need, then, then you'll be okay. Like I said, showed in that article that Sony and I mean, sorry, the Ericsson versus Nokia prime example. Nokia was able to pivot. They were able to redesign their product to take other chips. They were able to buy up extra chips, other supplies, and they came out on top. And Ericsson just sat there and waited. Okay, bring us our chips when you're ready. And nothing happened. And they ceased to exist because they did not have a backup plan. Anyway, I will talk to you again. See you next week. Bye-bye. If you found value in this content, please leave a comment and give us a five-star rating on whichever podcast platform you use. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and most other podcast platforms. If you would like to support us, you can check out our sponsor links, or if you would like to directly support the show, you can donate or join our membership program at buymeacoffee.com forward slash bootstrap. Of course, it really helps when you share these podcasts as well. If you would like to interact with me and other bootstrappers and leaders, you can join our O'Connor Bootstrap Podcast Facebook group. You have been listening to the O'Connor Bootstrap Podcast and Athos Business Solutions Podcast. For our companion podcast, the Athos Business Podcast, hosted by Jason St. Clair, past episodes, and related blogs, check out our website at www.athos.com, which is www.athoz.com, or atheoz.com. Until next time, I've been your friendly neighborhood entrepreneur, Isaiah O'Connor.